my career sucks. Sex just isn't the same. What's my purpose? Where did this fat come from? My relationship is killing me. I'll never be happy. My debt is piling up. I'll never find love. Why can't I be like other gay guys? Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. I'll never find a man. There's nobody to date. Oh, that's never going to work out because, you know, he doesn't have this. He doesn't look like that. His bank account. Really? Really? You guys are always complaining about you can't, 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 can't find a guy. And when we do, then you don't know how to date, date, date and do it right. And then you start the cycle all over again. And yes, I'm bitching at you bitches because the biggest thing I see in my coaching practice, especially most gay men, but especially the ones over 40, you're like, I want a relationship. I really want a relationship, but there's nobody to have one with. This is all I hear. So we're going to fix this problem today once and for all. Just kidding, but we're going to try with somebody that I met over wine. Surprise, surprise. You guys know I love my wine. And then lo and behold, the next thing I knew, this person became my neighbor. Now, you notice I said this person because I'm trying to prepare you guys that this isn't a guy's show today. I am bringing my friend Andrea LaRosa in. She is a dating coach. She has a great podcast called Date Smarter, Sexier. So yes, we're going to date smarter and sexier guys. And we're going to have a candid conversation with my girlfriend, Andrea, because I think she can kick your booty. And I think there's much more in common than we all think between the heteros and the homos when it comes to dating. So She's my neighbor. Literally, she's like two condos over from me right now. We're doing this. We should have got together for this, but I think it's easier when you do it the way we do this. So hi, neighbor. Welcome to my podcast. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I know it just occurred to me. Why are we not doing this in person with wine? Yeah, that that probably would have been a good thing. You know, yeah. well, maybe we'll have to get together for wine after we record this bad boy. So, um, so how much of what I just said is what you hear in your lovely world of the heterosexuals? Um, it, it doesn't matter who it's coming from. It could be men. It could be women. It could be someone who is straight, gay, lesbian. It doesn't matter. No. They all complain about the same shit. Wait, can yes. I swear? Please do. God, girl, please. Because it, it is shit. Now, I'm not going to say it's simple to be out there dating. Okay, hello, 20 years in a relationship. I probably would freaking freak out if I had to get back out there again. But gosh, what you put in is what you get out. Yes, yes, absolutely. And what people don't realize is, I know there's a lot of challenges right now with trying to date, but if you've been in a relationship and you're trying to now date after getting over, say, for example, a 10 or 20 year marriage or relationship, you start dating exactly where you left off. Yep. If you were 22, the last time you dated, that is where you We'll start again. And I hate to break it to you guys, but you can't be 22 when you're 42. But why not? <laughs> I dress like I'm 22 and I'm 42. So why can't I date like that? You know, but I well, love that. I love that insight. 
because that's really true. And now I, I would be horrible at this. Okay. This is where Rick's like really going to like get really naked with the guys not in the way you guys would think, but we're going to get really naked here because my wife that I, my ex-wife, I met her when I was 23, 24. And I really hadn't dated too many people through high school and college because I was a gay man trapped in a heterosexual body. But then I met her and quick, quick, fast, fast, date, 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 date. Boom, done, married a year later. Roll forward to 36. I'm coming out, I'm gay. And every freaking guy that I dated until I met my wonderful husband, I dated just like I dated her. Let's do this. Let's set up house. Let's have this. Da, 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 da. I was so not ready to date, but it's because of what you just said. I was dating from that same pivot point that I came out of the closet or that I met her. And I didn't give myself enough time to date or learn to date. So how similar is that to what you are probably knocking your pounding your head around all the time with your clients? Same stuff. Oh, absolutely. Exact same stuff. You have to learn how to date. Dating is not necessarily, it doesn't need to be a game, but it's a process and it is a skill and you need to hone that skill and you have to learn how to date, be better at dating so that you're only attracting quality relationships. Right. But why do you think so many people make it a game? <laughs> That's what I don't get. Well, you know, I'm going to be completely 100% honest here. You can make it a game. You can be manipulative as fuck with the game. And you can get laid every single day of the week. Amen. Yep. But it's not going to give you a quality relationship at the end of the day. Mm -mm. And that's the thing that I think a lot of... A lot of gay men and obviously other people, but since this is for gay guys, dating isn't fucking. I don't care how you want to. It's, it's a piece of the equation. But if you're approaching your dating life the way you're approaching your hookup fucking life, I hate to say it, guys, you're fucked. You're absolutely <laughs> positively fucked. Because there's nothing, you're never going to get there. And I, okay, maybe a few people will, and I try not to be bitchy, judgy, queeny on this one, but I've seen very few guys that it all happened on grinder, scruff, whatever, and it was all about sex, sex, sex. Very few of them have made it work in a long-term relationship. And if they did, they still worked at it beyond how it started to make it work. Yeah, they're the anomaly. Yes. Right. And, and sometimes I've seen this happen so many times. <laughs> Guys will see a couple like that and go, well, but they made it work, but they, you don't know the freaking details. You may think they're making it work. They may not. They may be just like, Hey, I, we're getting through this because it's so long. We've been together. This is just the way they may have an open relationship, not knocking that. Everybody knows, you know, lots of different things about open clothes, whatever. But until you're standing in your own shoes, being real with yourself, it's not going to happen. And I think most people aren't real with themselves. That's part of the problem. Right. The only two people who really, truly understand an intimate relationship are the two people who are involved in it. Everyone else, 
They don't really know what's going on behind closed doors. You can assume all you want, but you just don't know unless you are there in it day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. That was like an Oprah moment right there. It's like, you I, get I, a car and you get a car. Exactly. You get, you a, get car. a car. You, no, fuck the cars. You get a date, you get a date. If you can like really <laughs> understand that, because too often we look at other people's relationships and go, I want what they have. Okay. Some, some couples really do have something amazingly great. I mean, I think a lot of couples do, but you still aren't standing in their shoes. You do not know what's happening behind the closed doors in their house on a daily basis. People make mm-hmm. assumptions about me and my husband all the time. Like, oh my gosh, you guys have been together 20 years. That's great. You guys really must work at it. Yes, we really work at it. Trust us. This is not a, okay, we did it once and now it's happily ever after. The roller coaster has been up and down and up and down. And the seven-year itches have hit just about every seven years. And we got to work through it and knock on wood. Now it's year 20. So that means next year we're going to be in the seven-year itch again. And it's going to be happening. But I don't think people are willing to invest. Right. Yes. And that is a huge problem. People have been burned so many times by so many relationships that their thought process turns into, well, I don't want to put any effort into this. I don't want to invest in this relationship because it's probably going to fail. I guarantee you, if you don't invest your time and effort, it's going to fail. You are setting it up for failure. So why not give it a hundred percent, give it your all. And if it fails, brush it off, move on, move on to the next relationship. Well, and quit making assumptions just because the last one failed or the last three failed you're going to let that dictate that, okay, well, uh, I, I'm never good at this. Uh, this is this one's not going to work either, but I'll start, but I'm sure it's not going to work. Well, hello, brother, sister, girl, whatever. <laughs> if that's the energy you're putting out, I hate to say it, but that's probably exactly what is going to happen. Absolutely. you're setting the tone. Mm-hmm. So as yeah. you work with people, I'm just curious because, you know, I have lots of dating coach friends and each one of them finds something kind of interesting and and unique. Well, quote unquote, unique. Nothing's really unique. We're all doing the same shit. But I find that each one of them finds something that's like, yeah, so this is the thing that I always find so interesting. Or this is the thing that I see happen over and over and over again that people don't get a clue about. They just don't get the clue. So I'm curious, is there something that you see it, the pattern in, in your clients that's like, gosh, if, if I could just bottle this one thing and say, here's the magic potion that you're, you're doing, you're doing this. And every time, what's one of those things that you see all the time that screws Every single person who is dating right now has expectations and expectations lead to disappointments. And they just refuse to let go of the boxes that they need their partner to fill. Mm. Be whole, be a whole person entering into the dating world. And then you don't need to fill those boxes. You don't need to have so many expectations from someone else. Mm. I'm raising my hands, guys, because she has spoke the truth. I mean, I can't tell you how many men I have worked with. And I'm not a dating coach, but it always shows up in my coaching. In some way, we always get here at some point. And I'll hear the checklist. Well, you know, he needs to be trim and, you know, he's got to have some money and he needs to be responsible. And, you know, I'd love for him to like have a future and okay, great. 
Now, out of that list that I just hypothetically threw together, responsible and have a future, okay, I'm behind you 100%. Those are some game changers. But if you don't know what your game changers are, but don't be so tied to the game changers that you can't move forward. Nobody's going to exactly. be perfect. Well, nope. Andrea is, and I am, <laughs> but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, but not everyone is. can be us. No, not everybody can be us and live this close together and not be drinking wine and doing this together. But, <laughs> but it is interesting because I see the checklist. I want him to have a bubble butt, and he, you know, I know no blacks, no Asians. No, that dry, that shit drives me crazy with gay men. No blacks, no. Uh, okay, so you you're starting, and I realize it's on an app. Okay, fine, let's start with Grinder or Scruff or whatever. You're starting out like how you even want to hook up with no this, no this, no this. I hope how you don't get yes? laid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would start with yes, yes instead of no. Yeah. Say yes to the dress, so to speak. Exactly. But why do you why do you feel like so many people can't do the yes? What do you think is you know, coming up for them? I think they need to stop watching rom-com movies. I think they need to stop buying into this idea of this perfect person you know stop looking at magazines and what the perfect man looks like to you we all have that we all have you know our five that we would cheat with or two or however many right. you're allowed but like you don't end up with them that's not the person that you end up with at the end of the day you don't get to have that perfect 10 if you aren't a perfect 10, why do you deserve a perfect 10? And this is just my observation. I'm trying again, I'm trying not to be a bitchy queen right now, but when I see the quote perfect 10s together, they're fucking miserable. They're not happy. It's all about look at us, look at us, look at us, look at who we are. Here's what we have. All, and then you find out, oh no, they hate each other. They cheat on each other. They don't like each other. They don't like each other because they're trying to outdo one another. And this happens so much. And guys, I know I'm bitching at you today, but just, just roll with us, okay? When it becomes the competition of which of you looks better, there's not a relationship there. Now, if you like, hey, let's both exercise and let's, let's like try to be the best we can be. But when I see these couples that like, oh my God, they're like twins. They're fucking making love to their twin. I'm sorry. That's the way I see it. And again, there I am being bitchy queen. But what kind of relationship can that be? You know, people tend to, and, um, you know, I got this from Tony Robbins talks about this, how people are attracted to other people or people want to surround themselves with people who are like us yes. or the way that we want to be. But if you want to date yourself, you want to be in a relationship with yourself, then be single. If you want someone to contribute to your life and add to it, then be in a relationship. Yes, but you just said something that I know how you meant it, but you actually missed another point there. If you want to date, you've got to be in a relationship with yourself. You've you got to be so good with yourself. You have to love every little nook and cranny of you. You got to know yourself. You got to understand yourself. You got to be able to see when you get bitchy, you got to be able to go, okay, this is who I am. Good, bad, or whatever. Before you can be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't, then a, a lot of stuff that happens is everything that you then start to throw on your relationship 
is everything that you're not being with yourself. And then suddenly they're the ones that are wrong. And, da, 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 da. and one of the most powerful things, you know, that I've ever seen done, it was, I don't know now, five years ago, maybe six years ago when Oprah was doing her first, her first big Oprah's, you know, paint the world tour. I went to it in San Jose and I can't remember. I think it was right after Elizabeth Gilbert got up and did her like, you know, eat, pray, love without it being all about eat, pray, love, like get over the eat, pray, love. Here's my real shit. Okay. And right after that, I think Deepak came out and said, I'm going to do a little bit of experiment with all of you. Think about somebody that you really care about in your life. It doesn't have to be a husband or a girlfriend or a boyfriend. It could be a child or it could be a boss or, you know, just think of somebody you really care about. What do you want for them? And this music came up and the lights kind of went down and we all had this, you know, the, the Oprah giant journal thing that we got for paying $900 to be there for the day and all that stuff. And write down in your journal what you want for this person. So we spent probably a good two minutes doing this exercise, you know, 10,000 of us, the energy's like, you're just like fired up about this, right? So then when we're done, the music dies down. Oprah comes out and she goes, now, uh, now Deepak and I would like to challenge you all to look at this list and to think about everything that's on that list and then close your eyes. And for everything that's on that list that you want for that person in your life, it's everything you want for yourself. I was just like, okay, I, I'm still in that shit. I'm using that one in my coaching. <laughs> Because it's such a powerful exercise. So whatever it is you're saying you want in this quote partner or you want from them, not so much what you want from them, but what you like say, this is what I really want. This is what I really want. Mm -hmm. Turn that shit back around on yourself and go, okay, are you, get, are you doing this for you? Are you there with you? Because otherwise all that crap you're wanting, I don't have a bubble, but I sure would like one. But if I want my guy to have a bubble, but it's because I don't got it for myself and I'm not willing to do the work. This is the yeah, stuff absolutely. that I think detracts everybody out of this dating, lovely, beautiful dating business that you and I would both be out of, you know, work if we didn't, we're doing some of this stuff. True. So what's the biggest challenge you find in your work? I know that's a loaded question. Cause you could go, I could turn the, I could shut the fuck up and you could probably go for an hour, but <laughs> a day, two days, day, okay. you got gotcha. a year. Yeah. We need a case um, of wine for that for sure. But oof bust out the whiskey for this one. Exactly. Um, you know, really, I think the biggest problem and the biggest challenge that most people don't realize that they have, but they do have is they are on dating sites. They're using mm. apps and apps have made dating look like it's a fucking menu. It is mm. not a menu. You don't get to say, I want this one because that's the one I want, because that one on that menu has to want you too. So it yep. does not work like a menu option. Stop treating it like a menu. Stop swiping through and going, yeah, I'll take the next one. So what would you encourage them to do instead? Take it one, one, one at a time. You know, we used to go out and meet people in person way back when. I'm mm -hmm. kind of aging myself here. When we didn't have dating apps and we didn't have smartphones, we went to bars. We went to, we joined interest groups. And that is how we met someone. And usually we only met one person at a time, maybe yep. two or three if you're at a bar. Yep. But that was it. That was your whole dating pool until yep. the next time you went out again. You didn't go home, open up your smartphone and start swiping on more guys. Yep. And it's become so 
this is how we do it. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. And the judgment, and I know, I know we're preaching to the choir because I'm, I'm hearing, hearing guys moaning in the background and rolling eyes. I know you're doing this. Oh yeah, I've been there. I've been there. But you're also been there and you're also guilty there. We have done this to ourselves. We have done everything is instant gratification. Look at this, go. Look at this, go. Look. I mean, it's such a sad commentary on our world. And as a marketing branding guy, I'm, I know this world really well when to decide if you're going to work with Andrea or I, we've got about five seconds, maybe 10 at the most on our website to capture your attention before you're on to the next one. This is the world we've created. And now we wonder why dating is such a freaking challenge. Even if you walked into somewhere and, you know, I'm, I don't think Andrea or I are either one going to say that even when there was the go to the bars or go somewhere to an interest group that some of this swipe right, so to speak, wasn't happening there too. But it's kind of hard to swipe right and like push a whole bunch of people out of a room and go, no, you're the one. But we kind of like we were assessing but there's a human human piece to it. Whereas mm-hmm. now it's too easy. I mean, take my phone. Uh, no, no, no. Done, done, done. If we became patient and if we, again, invested some time, what might be different? So what do you do to get a client to really start figuring out, take time, invest some time? They have to remember that when you meet someone for the first time in person, If you do meet someone, say, for example, in a bar, you know, within 30 seconds, if you have chemistry, you cannot know that by looking at a picture, Mm -hmm. you have to be in front of each other. This is hormone sharing. (laughs) You have to be in front of each other, interacting with each other, looking at each other. That's how you know if you have chemistry, then you move on to find out if you have compatibility, but because we're on dating apps. We don't know if we have chemistry. We don't know if we have compatibility. We assume. Oh, do we assume? Mm-hmm. And, and then it makes ass out of us because we assume you look at a picture and go, and I've done this. I've done this. Like I'm on apps and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my head shot up. Oh, I can put my head shot up and I can get all sorts of people like wanting to chat with me. Then I can put like a picture up of me just like sitting, having wine somewhere, you know, here in the Valley with my sunglasses on. Yeah, I'll get some hits. But then if I put like a picture up of like me just standing somewhere, like, you know, more of a full body shot. Oh, I'll get a few hits, but I, I don't get near the hits that I do when I've got the headshot that's been touched up and all the makeups on and all. It's mm. so amazing to see. And we know we're all visual. We're all visual creatures. I'm not going to even right. like, you know, try to pretend we're not. But if that's the only way we connect, especially given the last year of COVID and everything, and even still kind of still in that space where, hey, depending on where things go, we could be right back there soon. Mm-hmm. But if we don't learn how to connect beyond picture, profile, swipe, picture, profile, swipe, you're never going to get what you want. And I think that's the other thing that I'm glad you said what you said. I also challenge clients to say, not what you need, not even really what you want, but it's kind of a want, but what do you desire? If he has a bubble butt or if he has a a bank account or if he has a direction in life, then what is it you're really desiring out of that? Right. Because it's beyond all that. 
Right. You have to get past the superficial side of everything side mm-hmm. of dating. And you have to like make room for, Oh, they have that, but that's not making me feel this. Right. And I, I'm not sure most people realize what's the feeling you get when they have the bank account. What's the feeling they get. Okay. Well, maybe when they have the nice apps, yes, those are fun to rub. <laughs> and touch. So there's a feeling there. I get that. But what does, what is it you're wanting to feel and experience? If my guy has a future and he knows a direction he wants to go for me, that means he's, he's secure. He's willing to say, this is my intention. He's got a plan. Now, not that I'm a big plan person. I am, but it's like, I don't have to have a complete plan, but Hey, you got to be going somewhere like otherwise anywhere will get you there. That makes me feel secure. That makes me go, Hey, we're probably kind of compatible in a lot of ways, but I also need some spontaneity. I don't need to know exactly what's going to happen all the time because I want to have some fun and be spontaneous too. But if you haven't defined some of this without the checklist being so defined that if it don't, if you don't have 20, you know, 19 boxes checked out of 20, you're setting yourself up for failure, but have some idea like what is beneath the surface of why you're saying you want this. There's nothing wrong with saying, I want somebody who's financially secure. Okay. Why? What does that do for you? If you say, well, then I know when they die, I'm going to get some money. Like, well, (laughs) see ya, but be more than just the surface and be very intentional. Right. I'm curious too. And it's been a while since I've had these kind of conversations. I mean, I have tons of dating coach friends, but had somebody like on the show where we've talked about this. What do you think has made, besides the obvious, made this past year even more challenging for dating? And I'm not talking, you know, not being able to be with people and all that. But what do you think's had the bigger impact on dating in general? Do you think this is actually causing us to like connect less? We're going to go back into the world connecting less and it's going to be even worse. No, I think people are looking for connection now. They've been alone for so long. And I think a lot of people have the opportunity to finally look inside and see who they are and get a little Mm -hmm. bit more grounded in what they enjoy, what they're looking for in life. Um, It was very introspective for a lot of people this year, not being able to connect with the outside world, being able to only connect on, you know, superficial levels. Maybe you only were able to connect with work colleagues, but not being able to go out and realizing, I think a lot of people realize that the people that they surrounded themselves with friends, maybe even family, significant others, people they were dating they didn't actually have anything in common except for situations, right? I call it a situationship. And often people were realizing I'm in a fucking situationship. This is not a relationship. We are not connecting on any deeper level. We just really enjoy doing the same things together. And that is not enough to have, to have a true connection, a real soul bond with another person. So I, I think people really we're able to take the year to kind of see that and really realize like, shit, this is not the right relationship for me. I need to get out of this one and find something that is more fulfilling. I love that you brought up the soul bond because, 
And it took me a few years. So again, you, you all heard kind of like my dating history, hardly dated in high school, had a couple of girlfriends, always fell head over heels in love. And it was a, honestly, I know now, cause I can look back on that. It was a way of, okay, if I'm like head over heels in love with some girl, nobody's going to figure out I'm gay. Right. Even though I didn't really get it at that point in time, of course, you know, I'm always looking at my best friend who was just what I thought was an amazing furry chested guy. Like, Oh, I'm just like panting over him, but I'm not gay. And you know, all this sort of stuff, but that protected me. And then the same thing happened. You know, I meet my wife and I didn't really date anybody. And even, even in college, I didn't date, I didn't date. I literally did not date anybody in college. Oh, I take that back. The first two years I had two different girlfriends and I didn't date after that, but they were both very short lived. So again, it was a cover up, right? So then as things moved through, I'm like, okay, this has got to change. This has got to change. But then I come out of the closet and all the old dating, like where I was just showed up and I'm doing all this crazy dating stuff until finally I'm like, wait, you're operating purely from your dick and not your head, Rick. That's all it was, which was so interesting because that's how I came into being my gay self was I was, and anybody who's listened to my podcast knows this, I was not faithful. I was having affairs with guys on the side, not really affairs. I was hooking up with guys and suddenly that's how I'm doing this dating thing until I finally like, this isn't working. And when I woke up to that, I asked this question. I started asking this question to every guy that I potentially thought I was going to date. What would you describe as a deep soul connection to a person that you could see yourself dating? I have never seen so many deer in the headlight faces when I asked that question. They didn't know what the fuck to say. They don't know what it is. (laughs) Right. How would you describe a deep soul connection to the person you're dating? And I'm not talking about your dick up his ass. What is your deep soul connection? Yeah, that, that's a hard one to describe, right? Yeah, because for me, my deep soul connection to my husband is that I can look at him and know that even in the worst of times, he's got my back. I know that we can have a disagreement and he's not walking out the door. I know that we know we're going to shift and we're going to grow as we go through life and things are going to change. But no matter what, at the center, we've got each other. That's a soul connection. And that's what I was looking for. And I had guys like, well, yeah, we we can't be talking about this this early on. I'm like, no, I'm just asking in general, like, what would it look like to you to have that kind of connection? Not because I'm going to check you off, but I'm kind of trying to see what you're made of. And if you can't answer that question, that's probably a pretty good sign that we're not going to connect. And then, of course, I'd get into like, hey, I'm a really spiritual person. Oh, so you're religious. No, (laughs) you missed that, too. I'm really spiritual. I believe in something greater than myself. I believe there's purpose to everything that's happening. And talk about again, man, I said that once to a guy on a date. I said, he goes, so what's one of your greatest beliefs? I'm like, okay, that's a pretty good question. I think we're getting somewhere. I said that there's a purpose behind everything that's showing up in my world and that's happening for me. Oh, yeah, I think I need to go because I I just can't wrap my head around this. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, bitch, pay the bill first because you asked me. I. But it was interesting because he literally left. He literally left. Oh, wow. 
because he didn't know what to do with that answer. And I think this is part of what people get. And yes, thank goodness. But people don't know how to go to this space. No. And it's hard to understand for a lot of people. If you've never experienced a soul bond with someone, that deep level connection, then you don't really understand what it is until you've experienced it at some point in your life. Then you can look at the rest of your relationships and say, okay, I know what this feels like. And that's the only way to really know. And you described it perfectly. That's that connection of knowing, you know what, no matter what kind of shit we get into, we are always going to come back together. We are always going to support each other. And we're going to make sure that the other person is getting their needs met from me. I'm going to give, they're going to give, and that is going to be our connection. And a soul bond does not have to just be an intimate partner. Mm-mm. You can have it with other people. You can have yes. it with friends. Yep. Uh, I've rarely ever heard of anyone having it with family. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> because well, we it could takes go there, a but that's work. a whole nother show. That's a whole other conversation. But um, that's another hour. Yeah, exactly. But it is interesting because I think there's another facet to the soul bond that you could you could release the person if it's not meant to be. Too. Mm-hmm. You could be mature enough and see. You know what? We're better. We're better not doing this. We're so much better off. And it was interesting as I went through this with my ex-wife. First, it was like, you know, (laughs) the bomb exploded. And then we did enter into a phase where like, okay, we're better, you know, in so many ways. Until the we're better was because she wasn't ready to be outside of a codependent relationship. Mm. And when that came up in some therapy that she did outside of us therapy, Suddenly the claws were out. Nobody's going to tell me I'm a code. And like, oh, bitch, honey, (laughs) hate to say it. You were, and I was too, but I I started to realize how much that was. And I I vowed, like, I'm never going to do that again. But again, it's a work. It's a big thing to work on. But being able to see into that soul connection and being human enough, I'm not even going to say big enough, being human enough to say, I'm going to release you because this is better for us and for the other person to get that too. And I know some people are listening to, I could never do this. You probably could. You just don't know you could. Absolutely. You haven't, you haven't leaned into that soul space of yourself. So I'm real curious before we kind of wrap it up here, because we've talked about so many different things. Why did you want to do this kind of work and be this kind of coach? Um, <laughs> so that's, that's, Yeah, that's a good question. I really wanted to help people. I was working in the film industry as a filmmaker and a producer. And um, I just got burned out on the selfishness of the industry. And I wanted to do something to give back. And I tried to make it work within that industry. It didn't work. Took some time off and thought, you know what? I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do with myself. I love helping people. I started hosting speed dating events locally because, um, you know, dating was just something I was good at, (laughs) just had a knack for it. So I thought, you know what? I used to be a producer hosting a speed dating event is no different than a small scale production. 
And so I did. And people were loving it and people were asking for dating tips. And then all of a sudden people were getting into relationships and saying, God, Andrea, I can't believe you. You helped me get into this relationship. This is amazing. And I thought, oh, there it is. That's what I need to do with the rest of my life. And so I went and got all the certifications to make sure that I had the, you know, appropriate amount of education to back, to back it up and got into life coaching, knew it was going to be specific. So got into relationship coaching and did my NLP certification and yeah, years later, here I am. That's awesome. What's one NLP thing since you brought it up (laughs) that you feel like people okay for those who don't know what nlp is it's neuro-linguistic programming right programming right mm-hmm. <clears throat> what's an nlp technique that if somebody's struggling with dating without giving away all the beauty of nlp but something that somebody could really lean into because i know there's some stuff there that somebody could lean into pretty easily and go oh okay this is what it means you know nlp is if it's misused yes it can be very manipulative yes and so I I'm glad you're when, saying that. Yeah, because I've seen that with a lot of dating experts yep. who are NLP certified and they're teaching people how to manipulate by mirroring behavior. And we do that to connect, to show the other person we're listening. So if you can use that tactic to show that you're being an empathetic listener, Mm-hmm. then great. But if you're doing it because you know you can manipulate them and take control over the situation, then that's abusing NLP. And that's moving into gaslighting. So let's just put it there where it is. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and 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 we did not rehearse that. I, I knew I was going to put you on the spot with that, but I love the way you responded to it because I have, a, I have tons of friends who are NLP certified. I've done a little bit of it, haven't gone down that route, but I have seen so many people abuse it mm-hmm. and so many people dole it out. Like it's here, get by this, buy this cookie here, do this instead of going, okay, let's talk about what it really. And then we, and we did, we didn't even, we didn't even begin to scratch that surface. We didn't, we didn't even get close, but I love that you put it out there. Like there's no one way to say, do this right. yet. The mirroring, the behavior is a beautiful way to create empathy. And to be able to open up conversations too often in any relationship and especially in dating, my perspective, again, if you don't learn to use the mirroring technique to open the the conversation, you're using it all wrong. And I wish more people would see that. And even as you're out there dating guys, I would invite you to like, look at how somebody's doing what they're doing in the dating world. Doesn't mean go do exactly what they're doing, but watch your friends who you believe are doing dating really well. Use that as your mirroring technique. Adapt it to your own personal style, but figure out what it is they're doing. When I started, and I had several people say this, when I started dating guys from the perspective, I want to get to the soul okay, yeah, I want to get to the bed at some point, but I want to get to the soul. And I became so much more casual and so much more like, hey, no big deal. We're just, you know, we're figuring this stuff out. Everything changed. And my friends were used to me coming, oh, that was a great date, but I know I'm never going to see him. I moved from great date, never going to see him again to that was a really enjoyable date. I'm glad I, I'm glad I went. 
and <laughs> like no and it was i'm really glad i went who are you <laughs> where's the rick we know and i'm like no not going there well you gonna see him again i i hope so like to what did you ask him no not tonight they were just like well, who who the who the fuck are you man we don't know this person but it's because i feel like i finally and i'm not putting myself up on a pedestal here but i feel like i finally got to my own soul and said i'm taking care of me i'm gonna do this in a way that's in alignment with my values and my beliefs okay neighbor i think we've gone almost an hour here now which is awesome <laughs> but we haven't had any wine so um next yeah. time we got to do this with wine so if somebody wanted to work with you how would they find you uh they can find me on my website datesmartersexier.com or they could also listen to your podcast which is date smarter sexier keeping it easy keep it easy and i would invite you to listen i'd invite you to visit uh, yes i would work with you dating but that is not my it's not my mojo it well kind of is it always gets mixed in but if you're like mm -hmm. i just need help dating it's like i won't work with people <clears throat> who come to me and like i really need help like on my career, go get a career coach. Cause <laughs> right. I, I mean, I can help you a little bit, but that's not my, my focus. So um, anyway, or if you can't find her, find me and knock on my door and say, I'm here to see Andrea. And I'm like, well, wrong house, but let me walk you over to her and I'll introduce <laughs> you to her. So um, anyway, well, I'm so glad neighbor that we, I feel like Mr. Roger, I'm so glad neighbor that we had this time together. Um, but um Loved having you on the show. I hope the Thank guys got me. something from it. Bitches, you better have got something from this, okay? Um, and I hope somebody maybe reaches out and like says, hey, I kind of liked her. And yes, she's not gay, but she's a great gal. So lean into it. It doesn't all have to be gay, 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 gay. So um, anyway, thanks again for being here and being my neighbor and being a great guest. Loved having you. Thank you for having the show. That's a wrap for 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 plus gay men, gay talk, where the conversations continue.